mini podcast series is a part of my Kilshawn Honors College Keystone project. So I'm really excited to share this amazing opportunity I've had and something I'm very passionate and interested about with you all. So growing up, I had a mom that was also an OBGYN and with that, you would think that maybe words like penis and vagina weren't super uncomfortable for me to say, but I guess she was tired about talking about safe sex and STDs and all of that fun stuff all day. So she forgot to teach me some of those important lessons. Instead, I was subjected to the horrible sex ed experience from my old white, super, super not woke science teacher in eighth grade which included but was not limited to watching a delivery video of a real child being born. And it was truly to this day one of the most scarring and life-changing things I have ever seen. I quite literally did not know where the vagina was until sixth grade when I got the talk from one of my teachers at the same time I learned what genital herpes was because when you think of vagina, the only other thing you should be thinking of is genital herpes, right? And... As I watch Love Island to this day, season three UK, obviously, they asked 10 highly sexual young adults how big the clit is, and no one knew that it was the size of a courgette of 10 people. Honestly, I don't exactly know what a courgette is in US terms, but I assume it's kind of like an eggplant, so a lot bigger than just a little pin. And that's just disappointing that we don't know that. So why is the talk such a scary, big, unforgettable moment in a young adult's life? Why do we all remember the first time we got our periods or lost our virginities as well as the time we got the talk? So if you haven't figured it out yet, this podcast will focus on sex ed. What got me really interested in this topic first was how high the U.S. teenage pregnancy rates are. A girl in New Hampshire has four times a greater chance of getting pregnant than one in Switzerland. And a girl in Mississippi has a 16 times greater chance of getting pregnant than a girl in Switzerland. So yeah, you're right. If you did that math, a girl in New Hampshire has a quarter of the chances of getting pregnant as a girl in Mississippi. How have we allowed our society to have so much disparity between not only countries, but states? So just some quick facts to really highlight the sex ed in the good old US of A. So currently, not even half the states in the U.S. mandate sex ed, and on top of that, a little less than half of those states require it to be medically accurate. So either we're not providing kids with the information they need, or we're providing them with wrong information. Super good for us. Some states require talking about LGBTQIA plus communities in a negative way or not at all. Some states promote abstinence-only education, which has been proven to be as effective as not teaching sex ed at all. Yet, well over half of our federal funding for sex education is given to abstinence-only programs every year. $2 billion! Can you imagine what could be done with $2 billion instead? I just, I have a large list. 80% of students receive formal education about HIV, AIDS, and STDs, while a little more than half receive formal education on contraception and consent. Yet, how many students do we know that are on some form of contraception and they don't even know why or what it's doing to their body? And of course, all of these statistics vary further from state to state, school district to school district, and even classroom to classroom. There's no standard when it comes to sex ed in the U.S. The only standard we've established is that sex ed in the U.S. is that sex is scary and you might die if you have it at Mean Girls. So part of my amazing experience with this project was traveling to Sweden and talking with five various activists, professionals, people about the country's sex ed. 
Obviously, Sweden is a Nordic country, so sex ed is just another thing to add to our inferiority complex, but they really have it down. I was shocked how often I heard we aren't perfect because, first of all, that would never come out of the U.S.'s mouth, and second of all, I thought they were perfect. But their system is really down to a science, especially coming from a U.S. perspective. They're able to recognize that sex education continues to evolve and change, and they find ways to improve what isn't working for their students. So how we would describe Sweden sex ed is the term comprehensive sexuality education, which is a lot of words, but basically it just means that you aren't talking about just the physical act of sex. You're talking about this whole concept of sexuality, which is so complex and intricate. Sexuality is your identity, your likes and dislikes, your ability to communicate, and yes, it is also about physical sex, but that's literally just the tip of the iceberg. This education is mandated for all students and instead they teach that sex is a part of life and exploring your sexuality and learning about it is a part of growing up and not that it's some scary thing that you should avoid at all costs. And if we think about that, wouldn't all of us have had such better experiences going through the hell that was already middle school and high school if the talk hadn't been a way to scare us about sex but to actually learn about our bodies and what was happening? I mean, how many kids around us were already sexually active and yet we're trying to shame them and who even knows where that came from? So why did we never learn about our bodies? Why did we never learn as females when we should visit an OBGYN? Why do we never learn what consent means? These are all such important things that we as students have the right to learn about. And just because some adult, some white, super not woke male is uncomfortable saying vagina in front of me doesn't mean that I deserve any less of an education. So I really started getting interested in this topic because I have a passion for women's health and seeing the stark contrast in teen pregnancy rates was so interesting to me. But once I really started learning about the topic, there were so many layers to the story that I hope to unpack with all of you in the next episodes. So what to expect in the coming episodes of Sexcapades? There will be lots of discussions about comprehensive sex ed and what it is, why it's important, identity and pleasure, and how that's connected to sex ed, sex and sexuality in the new age of internet, Hollywood, and migrants, and how the government and parents should or shouldn't be involved in what sex ed should teach and shouldn't teach. Throughout the series, you will also hear about some of my interviews from Sweden with some really amazing people that are passionate about sex ed from experience as teachers, public health workers, policymakers, and more. I actually met with five different individuals, which was really amazing. And also along the way, you can expect some funny stories, unironic versions of the peace game, and a lot of thought-provoking, discussion-starting ideas that will unquestionably anger some people named Karen. Thanks for your support, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Also, for the boomers listening out there, aka my mom and dad, Karen isn't a specific person. She's the concept of a super white suburban anti-vaxxer mom who would definitely not be okay with teaching sixth graders about masturbation.